It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you. And that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lusko, along with your host, James Rapine. The Cincinnati Bengals have apparently finished their offseason program early. We're going to talk about that today in the final episode of the offseason program. We thought we would at least get three days of minicamp. We hyped up all weekend, all week, last week, that you were going to get to watch three practices this week. And we talked about seeing different combinations. We talked about seeing, you know, does Joe Burrow do anything different in back-to-back days of camp? And instead, we're going to talk a lot about Joe Burrow today. But the first thing we got to talk about is the Bengals have canceled their second two days of mandatory mini camp. And I get it. I understand, you know, when you take it in context. And, and Paul Daner Jr. has some great tweets about this that really explained, I think, the Bengals perspective, but I just ripped the Texans for doing this. They canceled their entire mini camp and I, and we didn't understand it. Ryan Tracy and I had locked on NFL. We didn't understand it at all because it's not like either of these teams were particularly good last year. Right. But I I do understand where Taylor's coming from. And James, he gave a good bit of explanation as to why they came to this decision in his press conference today. Yeah, basically, he said it boiled down to two things. One, he said, quote, we've had tremendous attendance throughout OTAs in this offseason and got a lot accomplished. 
We could have gone another day or two, but I felt really good about the health of our team and where we're at right now. And so there's one, two, and this is the point that I, I think is going to be, or is interesting, not going to be interesting. Hell, it is interesting. He said, secondly, one of the things that is really going to help us in training camp is the more guys that we can get vaccinated. So we've offered several opportunities for our players to get it done here at Paul Brown Stadium. We've had a fair number of our players on Monday who said they would get it on Wednesday. And so that was part of it as well. And then later on uh, during the, the news conference session, Jesse Bates said that they're close to that 85% threshold that the NFL is requiring uh, of players to get vaccinated so you can have in-person meetings. So that's clearly the plan here. And it does feel like getting vaccinated was used as uh, an incentive to get out early, get out of mini camp uh, a bit early, especially after being in Cincinnati the past three weeks for OTAs and in doing so help protect them later on down the line when training camp does happen and when, you know, the season does get underway. So they don't have any, and that's probably their goal is zero positive COVID-19 tests so they can uh, hit the ground running and they don't have to miss out on any of these guys for uh, an extended period of time. Absolutely. And they don't have to have guys wait for COVID clearance. They can, like you said, have those in-person meetings. There are a whole bunch of benefits, a whole lot of incentives that the NFL has put into place for teams that can achieve high vaccination rates. And you look around the NFL, a lot of teams are having vaccine resistance issues and trying to do education and it's not always sticking. So for the Bengals, it looks like they will not have this issue. And as a result, they'll be rewarded. And let's talk about the, I guess, give and take here, right? So Paul Daner Jr.'s point that I hadn't really thought about is if you're trading effectively two days of minicamp in June for in-person meetings and, you know, many fewer red tape barriers to cut through for training camp, then maybe that's worth it, right? Maybe that trade-off is worth it. On the other hand, the criticism that I had of the Houston Texans, I think does still apply to some degree because I think you can get both, right? Like if the Bengals weren't having major vaccine resistance issues, they could still have a full mini camp and eat their cake too. have those in-person meetings, have those lower barriers for training camp in a month. But if this was a necessary negotiation, then I guess I get it, James. That's that's the, the bottom line. It's just the team wasn't good last year. We've had all this rhetoric around we know we're not where we want to be. We know we want to get better. And it looks like they've had great attendance, great enthusiasm in the locker room, great team building and all this stuff. And when you have a limited amount of practices, it's just very strange, right? I said it about the Texans. I'm going to say it about the Bengals too, because if I didn't, I feel like it would be hypocritical. It's strange to see coaches just giving up time with their players that they could have had. Absolutely it is. And that's fair. And it caught me off guard. It was surprising. And yet at the same time, I think what this was is Zach Taylor saying, all right, this is a make or break year for me. This might be my last go at it. And so I want to do it with as many bullets in the chamber, as much ammunition as possible. And so if that means in-person meetings and we have to make that sacrifice, like you mentioned, like Paul mentioned, 
it's worth it to me. And I think that's what he has to ask himself really with every decision he makes this season, because whatever he decides, it's either going to shape his coaching future one way or the other. It could solidify it, right? If they just exceed expectations, he could be here for a long, long time and it could be all rosy. Or if things go the wrong way, which they've gone the past couple of years, then we we know what's going to happen. And so that to me, if you're Zach Taylor, you have to ask yourself, what would you rather have? And he's saying, okay, if I could somehow make sure we're going to be in person with all of these guys, it's better than having another day or two, even if we do end up and did want to do a little 11 on 11 on Wednesday, uh, we could make that work. And by the way, I will point this out too, Jake. Thursday was just a walkthrough. I found that out last night that they that, that it was just a walkthrough that was planned. So it's not like there would have been much, if at all. I don't even know if I would have been able to go to practice Thursday. I don't know if it would have been open to the media. Uh, so it is a day. It is two days of practice, and Zach acknowledged that. But at the same time, I don't know if there would have been a lot of one on ones, eleven on elevens, and stuff like that. A high intensity day on Thursday, that last day of minicamp. Always got to weigh the pros and the cons, right? And understanding having a fuller picture helps us understand where the coaching staff is coming from. In the grand scheme of things, does this matter? Probably not. You probably don't look back to June the following February and say, you know what? Those extra two practices in June really helped everything click for me. And that's why we are here lifting this Lombardi trophy. Like that's probably not a thing that is integral to a team's success. But one thing you mentioned, James, that we just want to touch on real quick before we start to talk about what Joe Burrow did today and other things that we saw on Tuesday at minicamp is Hakeem Adeniji lost for the year. You talked about health. You talked about Zach Taylor's comments around feeling good about where the team is health-wise. So one significant injury we saw is Hakeem Adeniji having a surgery to repair a pec muscle. It implies a torn pectoral muscle. And for me... Well, this doesn't necessarily shift the the Bengals tackle or interior offensive line depth a ton. It makes an already kind of shaky situation that much shakier. And so while we've talked a lot about adding one more piece to this offensive line, it was something that Zach Taylor was asked. He said it was something they would explore. And I think really at this point, you know, the Rick Wagners of the world, if they're out there and they're available, now is the time to, to step up that pursuit now that you're one man down, you're already one man down in June on the offensive line. It's such a bummer because, look, I don't – and there's a lot of things I question you know, with Jim Turner and what he did. But I thought he might have found a diamond in the rough with the Kima Denergy. I thought maybe you might uh, be able to develop him into a, a swing tackle type at the NFL level. And I was excited to see Frank Pollock work with him. And, and get his hands on him. And, and now you're talking about a guy, I don't think his season is over, but damn it, he's going to miss all of camp. He's going to miss the start of the season. And, and it's one of those injuries that could certainly linger and, and really throw a wrench into his, his, his entire second year. And that's just, it stinks. So I, I feel awful for him. And I agree with you. It's time to be aggressive. It's time to go after one of these offensive linemen. And I, I would be surprised if they don't. It might not be one of those notable names. It should be, I think. You know, the Rick Wagners of the world, the Morgan Moses of the world. But I, I do think that they need to throw their hat in the ring and try to get one of these guys because it's just a reminder of how quick that depth, that first team line, and I get it, Akeem Adenogy wasn't a starter, how quick that can dissipate and how quickly you could see some of these guys go down due to injury. 
kind of puts its energy on the Trey Hopkins plan. Hopkins was undrafted, but had injury issues early in his career. So now just another hurdle for Adenergy to overcome here as he tries to develop in Cincinnati. Coming up next, James, let's focus on some of the positives, some of the fun things that came out of minicamp on Tuesday. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation. And so, yeah, your car might be on the road now, but there's regular and routine maintenance that you need to do to keep it on the road. And with the weather as warm as it is, now's the time to get that done so you're not stranded on the side of the road this fall or this winter because there's nothing worse than that. And rockauto.com can help you do that for less. They're a family business. They've served auto parts customers online for more than two decades. I've used them. You should too. And it doesn't matter what you drive from a Suzuki to a Daewoo to a Toyota to a Honda. Maybe you're driving a Corvette or a Shelby GT Mustang. Doesn't matter. They got you covered at Rock auto.com and the best of all their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Minicamp, James, seven on sevens, Joe Burrow rolling out, and let's focus on the Bengals star quarterback. He also spoke to the media after practice today. The highlights for me were the following. One, he rolled out and threw on the run, continued to do that, had some naked bootleg work, rolling across his body, throwing across his body, rolling left. That was nice to see. And the second big one, was he he was perfect in seven on sevens. He said it's been that way for most of the offseason program, and he would expect it to be because that's just how seven on seven should work in his opinion. But of all of those nine complete passes he threw on Tuesday in seven on sevens, reportedly, according to Ben Baby, and you can confirm this, I'm sure, James, four of those straight completions went to Jamar Chase. The connection is back, Jake. Burrow to Chase alive and well and uh just so you know there were a couple drops early on in the practice oh look there were though there were a couple um but none in seven on seven and and the thing i loved about this the most was actually and i tweeted out the news conference dave lapham asked joe burrow about the the seven on sevens and he's like joe i don't think the ball even touched the ground on seven on sevens and burrow's like it didn't (laughs) And it's just, it's such a, it wasn't cocky, but it was just like, again, that confidence that Burrow has and, uh, no, it looked really good. And I, it was, it was good to see that the Burrow to chase and I get it. It's just seven on sevens. It's supposed to be that way. And Burrow said that, but it was good to see. And I think that, uh, that's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty good one, two punch along with the, the rest of it. How about that for a take after all the, the chase talk, uh, 
my takeaway from Tuesday's practice, he's going to be pretty good for Joe Burrow in this Bengals offense. <laughs> yeah, he'll be pretty good. You know, he'll be he'll be pretty good. He'll be a pretty good number five draft pick, and that'll be that'll be pretty good. It'll be pretty good. So another interesting thing while we're talking about Joe Burrow and wide receivers, he was talking about T. Higgins a little bit in his press conference, and he said that. He, he blamed, I guess, some of his underthrows on some deep balls to T. Higgins from last week on T. Higgins adding athleticism and him kind of thinking, oh, T., where'd that come from, man? You're not supposed to be that fast. And so it seems that these guys are having fun talking each other up, right? They're, they're talking about Burroughs' velocity and, and talking about T. Higgins being a totally different man. And we'll find out if there's any truth to it, right? Because I've had people in my DMs like, it's it's not a thing. Quarterbacks at 24 years old increasing their velocity is not a thing. And I was like, well, what about like mechanic improvements? Couldn't you add a little bit? And the, the response was, and I guess this kind of makes sense. And I'm still not sure what I believe here. But he said, you can you can change your mechanics to be at a point where you're more consistent and maybe you feel more comfortable putting more into your throw. So say Joe Burrow's max velocity on a, on a football throw is 60 miles an hour. And he just never really put everything into a throw because he felt like when he, when he really put all of his arm into it, he would be less accurate. Maybe now he feels like he can be more accurate with his full velocity. So that could be an explanation or I'm still not convinced that you like cannot improve your velocity in your early 20s because you see with baseball pitchers, you see guys velocity go up and down a little bit early in their career. So I don't see why it couldn't be a thing if there have been true mechanic changes. But the point where we started here was T Higgins has added some juice. Absolutely. And real quick, the one thing on the the zip on the ball, uh, Burrow said this and I want to read it word for word because I want to get it right here. He said, quote, I got a trainer that has been helping me with the velocity and quote, a lot of it is just practicing throwing the ball hard. And by the way, you know how I've mentioned, like, we'll see if it lasts. I'm not saying he listens to locked on Bengals, but I'm not saying Joe Burrow doesn't either. He said, if it shows up right now, it doesn't matter. It's got to show up in the game. I'm looking forward to that. But to your point, the practicing throwing the ball harder, maybe it is that. He's worked on his mechanics. Now he's comfortable putting more into it. It doesn't mean that his arm is necessarily stronger than it was. It means he can use more of his arm. And when I look at Brady, and I'm not comparing Joe Burrow to Tom Brady, but when I look at Brady, I think Brady's gone through some of this where he's maximizing his arm at times, maximizing what he can do with his arm. And there were times in his career where he just didn't know how to do it or wasn't doing it, right? And so maybe that is the case. Now, as for uh, T. Higgins, it was great to see Burrow say that stuff about him because it was something I noticed right away, and T's going to tell you that, but it, it's good for Joe to be like, man, he's going to be great. And he his fa- face lit up, and he said, we have a bunch of horses on offense. So I think he's pretty excited to see this trio of receivers mixing in the backfield. And so it, it's good that he – has not only noticed the difference because he would be the first one to notice it right, but all that work that T's been putting in in Arizona. It's good to see that that's paying off. Best shape of my life season, James. The last thing from Burrow's press conference that I want to draw attention to is I found it really interesting when Joe Burrow was talking about leadership. 
And the fact that he said, you know, you're born with leadership. I don't believe you can be trained to be a leader. I don't think you can learn to be a leader. I think you either have it or you don't. And I've always just kind of been one. So I think that that really meshes with what we've seen from his brand of confidence and his brand of leadership. I just thought that that was a really interesting comment. Not that it's about football or or anything like that specifically. I just thought that it was an interesting little philosophical observation from Joe Burrow. So going back to to maybe training camp or anything else that stood out in the press conferences, what else is there, James, from from Joe Burrow in the last we'll see of him, I guess, for the next month? I guess he talked about his rehab schedule a little bit. And yeah, and it's, it's interesting because he points out over the past month, he hasn't been able to make strides from a rehab standpoint, essentially, because he's been working out so much and throwing and practicing. And so it's the next phase of rehab here where they're going to have to get back into it and get that knee from about 85%, which is where he said he was at OTAs at the start, to now. He said, again on Tuesday, around 85%, about the same. You got to get that final 15. And so that's going to be it. And I got to be honest with you, Jake. I know he's mentally tough, but a lot of these guys, Jesse Bates was talking about it. A lot of these guys are going to go to Aruba and the Bahamas and and really get a mental break before the grind really starts. Hell, we're doing three episodes a week right now because we want a little bit of a break. Not that we want to stop doing the show or we don't enjoy the show, but before the grind of the season and every day starts and we're just sitting here talking on a mic. Burrow isn't going to get that. He needs to bust his ass for the next six weeks to make sure he is taking, and he said he expects to take that first snap of training camp, to make sure he is cleared. And that's obviously his goal. And, man, I I do – I'm curious about that because it's been such a whirlwind, and there hasn't been much. I mean, think about it. He gets, you know, the LSU rise, national championship, then the draft – then it's, you know, the COVID stuff prevents him from learning the playbook the right way. So he's got to learn it essentially on his own and virtually. And then he shows up to camp, no preseason games, is keeping the Bengals afloat, gets injured, instantly goes into rehab mode. He hasn't had a break it mentally. I really don't think so. And maybe he, he would say, well, the, you know, part of this time during the rehab process when I couldn't do much, I think that would be even tougher mentally. So... I do wonder about that, but hopefully he'll be able to to get a little rest and a little at least mental rest as he prepares for training camp coming up in about six weeks. He did say today that he has about three months of rehab left. Three months would put that right after their week one game. I'm assuming he was rounding up, but this Mm -hmm. is something that we'll need to scrutinize, I think, a little bit. Does he actually get all the rehab work in that he needs to get in? I'm sure he will. And at this point, all we can do is say we're going to watch and see what happens and see if he remains on that schedule that we hope and believe he's on to be ready for day one. I think he's just reminding us how ahead of schedule he is. <laughs> Three months. Yeah, right. I, I may, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, I would be shocked if he's still rehabbing, barring a setback, rehabbing three months from now. Uh, and, and hopefully that isn't the case. Up next, other takeaways from minicamp. Not Joe Burrow, but what else? We'll dive into it. But Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet, and it should definitely be a part of Joe Burrow's rehab. And and not just Joe Burrow, all of these guys. From T. Higgins putting on good weight at 220 pounds versus last year when he wasn't as strong. 
Built Bar can help you get there. And not just the Bengals. Help anybody get their fitness or weight goals. They come in nine delicious flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And the best part about them isn't their amazing taste. It's the fact that they fit the macros, regardless of the meal plan you're on, or regardless of the diet, or if you're just tracking calories, anything like that. They're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. So make sure you check them out at builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. You've heard us say it before and we'll say it again. Bet online remains the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on really anything, but specifically for sports. They've got you covered with real-time updated odds, which is one of my favorite features, and they've got news for you all in one place. Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, mixed martial arts, you name it, they've got it. If it's football, win total, over-unders, they've got those for you too. You're bullish on your Bengals? Maybe you like the odds. Go check it out at betonline.ag right now. See what their sign-up bonuses are. See their contest information. See what news they have to offer. And when you sign up, you can use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. James, it's time to wrap up the last football resembling thing that we will get to see live until late July and a couple takeaways from me. And this is just following along on Twitter and and listening to the press conferences. Then you can tell me what you saw because I always like hearing your observations and then reacting to them. But the things that stood out to me were one 11 on 11s occurred. Joe Burrow did not quarterback them as we discussed, as we expected. I, I think I said, I expect 11-on-11s to happen, and I don't expect Joe Burrow to be a part of him because he hasn't been a part of anything that's had people flying around him in remotely live situations. Taylor even said that they didn't put him in there for some walkthrough stuff, I think, because sometimes you get guys like Trey Hendrickson that don't know how to walk. Their motor only knows one speed. So that stood out. And the other thing was that DJ Reader came off the rehab field, put a jersey on, and was out there with the team for parts of practice. And that was really exciting for me to see. He was a marquee free agent signing last year, Trey Wayne's aside. And it was great to see that he's working his way back from that injury. And Zach Taylor went out of his way to mention reader during the news conference of one of these new additions on defense, which I think is kind of important because if he wasn't rehabbing well, if things weren't going well, if he wasn't on track, I don't think you go out of your way to mention him as one of these new guys that you're expecting a lot out of. But yeah, I mean, he's looked great. Uh, I got an up close and personal look at him last week along with Trey Hopkins and, and Renell Wren, and they were more intense. They were farther away from me during Tuesday's practice. But they, from what I saw, and again, I was watching Burrow and some other stuff. But on that that side of the field, they were more intense this week. They had ramped it up even more. So it was good to see. And then obviously, yeah, putting on a practice jersey. Um, it, it, it bodes well for him being cleared for training camp. I'll say that. So that's really, really good news. Um, a couple of other takeaways, and it's something that actually Joe Goodberry pointed out, is uh, cornerback. And Trey Wayne's playing uh, on the left side. And then Chidobe Awuzie playing on the right side. Not sure how shocking it is to you, but before I transition to offense, figured I would at least point that out. Yeah, you know, 
it was funny. I saw him tweet that and I was like, I didn't even think to comment about this because that's how it always was in my head. The, the player Awuzie was replacing is William Jackson. William Jackson last year was going to be the right cornerback, even if Trey Waynes was healthy. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, and, and maybe that's like a, a logical fallacy or something like that, that doesn't necessarily add up in logic. Like maybe, maybe Waynes would have been the right corner and they would have flipped Jack, but Jackson's always played the right side. I feel like Wayne's played the left side in Minnesota as well. I think for the most part, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure from what I've watched, he did. So I always assumed Awuzie would be on the right side, but yeah, that, that I guess was confirmed today that, that, that is going to be the primary size we probably see from those guys. And makes sense. That's like I said, what I had imagined without really giving it much thought at all. Yep. And then on offense, Uh, A couple of things. The first one, Joe Mixon looked extremely explosive. And again, you're running on air. Looked great. And then also there was a cool pass blocking drill that new running backs coach Justin Hill had Mixon and the rest of the backs do. And basically you have – and this is – I've seen it before. But you have towels in between your arms and you have to have your arms up against your sides so you stay balanced and you don't get ahead of yourself as you're blocking. And I, I thought it was cool, and I actually took some video and tweeted out some video of it because I think that's the key not only to Mixon but all of these guys, right? If Chris Evans is going to play a, you know, be a factor as a rookie, he's going to have to learn that at a high level. If Samaj P. Ryan is going to build on what he did towards the end of last season, they're going to need to be able to trust him in pass blocking situations. And obviously if Joe Mixon's going to be the guy that everyone thinks he can be, or at least hopes he can be, he's going to have to take uh, and make strides there. So that was another thing. I thought it was a kind of a cool drill and it was right up towards us. So we got to see it really close. And that was, uh, that was one of the fun parts of practice. Running back pass blocking conversation. You won't find it anywhere else, but the lockdown Bengals podcast. And it is noteworthy the Minnesota Vikings today, James, signed Sheldon Richardson, by the way, talking about pass blocking. Now they have added to their already impressive depth, or maybe not depth, but at least their starters on the interior defensive line, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, very, very good players against the run. Sheldon Richardson, also very, very good against the run, gives them a little bit of pass rushing juice, a little bit of a, little bit of a three tech there. Daniel Hunter also worked out his contract stuff. He'll be back, and he's a great pass rusher. So I think that front four does present a bit of a challenge for the Bengals. And obviously they've got Eric Kendricks, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. At the second level, Anthony Barr needs a bounce-back season, but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. I just started thinking about this, this matchup a little bit today because the Vikings did make this move. They've got Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler in that secondary with Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. So quite a bit of talent in that starting unit on the Minnesota defense, including Cam Dantzler, who actually put the clamps on Jamar Chase and Mississippi State. I'm sure those guys are both looking forward to that rematch. But that is a very long aside to say, yeah, work on your pass blocking running backs because the way that they like to go empty, and I think they'll continue to go empty, at least a fair amount of the time, even if it is a lower rate than they used it last year, you need your running back to pass block and they're going to be tested early and often in 2021. 
You surprised that Mike Zimmer didn't bring in Geno Atkins? And I know he isn't fully cleared yet based on what we know, but it doesn't feel like that's a fit anymore after they, they bring back Richardson. But ah, I just thought Geno might land in Minnesota and it's not going to happen. Yeah, it would have made sense. Yeah, I, I thought so too. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if he lands there. And who knows? Maybe he does. He lands there somewhere else. We'll see that probably before training camp. One more thing. And this is the important thing, Jake. Uh, the thing that we focused on so damn much over the past six, seven, eight months and up to five years, depending on how long you're scoring it, the Bengals offensive line. I got to see a little bit more of them on Tuesday than I had in previous practices and during previous practices. And they're doing a lot of just drills, footwork drills, back and forth and and stuff like that. But uh, look, they're moving well. It was still from a distance. But I, I thought that, you know, the Jonah Williams is – moving well, looking good. Obviously, he's fully healthy. And man, it's such a huge year for him as he tries to uh, take a step or two in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And I really look forward to them going full contact at some point in Mm -hmm. training camp and and letting these guys go at it a little bit. Not that we can necessarily learn anything from training camp, although last year it was certainly ominous to say the least, uh, the, the way the offensive line looked in camp. Hopefully we get some better vibes, and it's not just that the defensive pass rush has taken a step back, but yeah, I, I'm definitely very much looking, for tra- looking forward to training camp for that reason and looking forward to talking about this Minnesota Vikings game a little bit too. Now that I'm looking at this Vikings roster, there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about here. One, Christian Derrissaw at left tackle. Amir Smith-Marset, they got in the fifth round at wide receiver. All those defensive players we talked about. And sooner than later, James, we will be talking about week one NFL regular season action. Now is not that time, though. We're still on a three-episode-a-week schedule, like James said. So in a couple of days on Thursday, or depending on when you listen to this, Maybe it's just a day. On Thursday, we'll do our normally scheduled mailbag. So look for that tweet from at LockedOnBengals on Twitter if you have any questions you want to get in this week. Until then, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.